Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employed. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Y'all know we need to pay these bills because um, holidays are coming up. So a word from our sponsor. Divine Timing is an encouragement and edification company specializing in beautifully designed digital journals and planners to get and keep your life uplifted and in order. Go to fearforme.com to check out the online store. And for all of our WMB listeners, you can use the code WMB22 at checkout to save 22% on everything on the site. So go shopping and get your life. So as y'all know, we have a quote of every single episode. And so today's quote is traveling. It leaves you speechless, then turns you into a beautiful storyteller by Eben. I've had those moments where I've traveled somewhere and like saw something for the first time and was kind of speechless. I do remember the first time I saw like blue water for the first time. And to paint the picture, listeners, I reside in the great state of Texas and the closest beach is Galveston. It is not blue mainly because of the current from the Mississippi and it brings a bunch of soil and all that kind of stuff, but it's not blue water. But that's the only beach that I'd grown up with. So the first time that I saw like picturesque, like blue water, that it was like a real thing and not just in pictures and videos and stuff, I was absolutely like, this can't be real, but uh, it was like real. So yeah, I can relate to this quote for sure. Wow, I like and can relate to the quote. I've never been led speechless. I think it's hard for me to be speechless, (laughs) but that's just my personality. But I do agree that it turns you into a storyteller. I think like we stated on the episode with Kat, like traveling adds color and depth and layers to your personality. It enriches your conversation. So I can definitely relate to that portion of the quote. I agree. I really like this quote because for some people who are not able to travel or can't travel, they kind of vicariously, whether you know it or not, live through you and your story, your experiences and your stories that you come back and tell them. So yeah. And the only time I think I've ever been speechless. No, it's been two. When traveling was Greece and UAE, especially UAE, just how luxury is normal there. Like there's no homeless people because they don't believe in that. It's like, if you're homeless, that means you don't have a family. If you don't have a family, why are you here? I'm serious. That's their thing. Like even in America, you can't like how other people can come over here and buy land. There you have to have a sponsor and they can only sponsor you for 99 years. After 99 years, if you don't have a sponsor, that land goes back to their country, like their people. So yeah, we will move to our either or. So... (laughs) 
Would you rather have clutter in your closet where you cannot really go in? It's just everything everywhere. Nothing's organized. It's just cluttered or clutter in your bedroom where, again, clutter is everywhere. You can't really move around. You got stuff everywhere. Which one would you rather? Neither. And I say this as somebody who is looking at a a couch filled with clutter. And if you go to my bedroom, you would probably say it's cluttered, but not to that extreme because my mental is such that truly if there is clutter in my space, then my mind is cluttered. I cannot think. And then I start cleaning up everything, picking up one piece of paper turns into me cleaning up the whole house, mopping and everything else. Jay just looks at me like I'm crazy when that happens. So I would say neither because I mentally cannot handle that. As a person that is currently recording in a closet, because it's the only quiet place in my current residence, I will take a cluttered closet because my bedroom is my space for rest and thinking. And sometimes I write and that's just, that's where I like to have my time, like it's a sanctuary. And I need that to be organized. I need it to be calm. I need it to be inviting. I need it to be relaxing. This closet door I can shut. It's currently shut right now as I am in said crazy closet. But shut the door. I can be in the bedroom. I can think. I can rest. I'll go with the cluttered closet all day long. Um, Thank you. For me, it would also be neither. um, Because as both of y'all know, I am semi type A. Not really. Where similar to Nate, I can't function in color clutter like I would literally just I my my brain would like go overload and I I just cannot function but if I have to choose I would say clutter in my closet for two days and that's all not two days because that's as much as I can handle and then I'll be like okay I just I can't function because then you think about you can't find anything to wear you can't do this it's like now it's more anxiety because now if I'm going somewhere everything's everywhere and I can't find anything and like if dirty clothes are mixed in with clean clothes I don't know that's a that's a whole entire thing. So with that, what is one lesson you learned this week, ladies? Give these fools the same energy they give you. Y'all, this face Nakai is doing right now is something else. Um, For me this week, it's not so much a lesson as it is, I think, a reminder that what is not for me is not for me. And what is for me will always be for me and will not ever not come to me because it already belongs to me. So I had that reminder this week. And that was nice after some crying, but I'm good. Okay. So y'all hit it out from jump. All right. I like these lessons. Mine is short and sweet. Iron sharpens iron. And when you have friends that are honest with you, tell it straight to your face. No, what is it called? Like straight shooter. Sometimes you really need to hear that. But also knowing that iron will sharpen you to be better, to grow, to hear some feedback that you may not like, but knowing that it's out of love and it's going to help you in the future to become a better you. So yeah, I like all of these lessons. I'm glad we have these moments where sometimes we need these reminders. Sometimes we need, you know, some clarity and things in our life. So thanks for sharing, ladies. That was good. So guys, as we continue this week um, with our traveling series, this episode particularly, we are 
discussing the importance of taking that PTO, our favorite destinations, and how to stay safe while we are traveling. And we're staying safe from head to toe. I was doing a little bit of research on this, Nakai, and I found a couple of really cool things that I thought was really interesting. So I found like an article on some safety tips, right? And you you know, we both have traveled internationally and you've done so much longer voyages than I have because you real quick to get on a plane. We all know this. What I found was interesting on some of these tips, I don't think I had heard of before. So let me know if you've like taken advantage of stuff like this or have done any of these things. There was a tip that was to use voice assistance. And I think that's like with maybe like a translator app or something like that. Have you ever had to do that while like traveling to another country that doesn't necessarily speak English as a first language? In Italy, yes. But at that time, we used the, we did use Google Translate to speak to the landlords and stuff like that. But it was the beauty of that is like a lot of them still speak English. It just may be broken English, but they also can understand Spanish. They can also understand Spanish. So when we went, we were m- mixing <laughs> Spanish words with Italian words, but it worked. It was like, hey, uh, not this, but say it in Spanish. And they were like, oh yeah, they could figure it out. And so that's what we did. But then I felt like a lot of them were like, oh, American, American. Like they would tell us we're Americans. And we're like, yeah. And so they would practice English with us as we practice, tried to practice their language with them. That's cool. I mean, I know that some, most areas, well, maybe not most areas, but I know there are a lot of areas in the world where English isn't necessarily their first or primary language, but they do have a lot of English visitors that come, whether it's from England or other English speaking countries. So they do have some like language as far as English. And yeah, like you said, it'll definitely be broken. So having like those voice assistance apps, those translating apps could be helpful while you travel. There was also a tip that I've never heard of. And I thought that this was really interesting. And I think this would be great for like, if you're traveling solo, like when we talked to Miss Cat about it is enroll in STEP. Have you heard of that? So STEP stands for Smart Travel Traveler Enrollment Program. And essentially what it is, is it's you almost like registering your trip with like the local U.S. embassy in that country. So if not necessarily that they can like track you or anything like that, but that they know okay we have someone from the U.S. that's here visiting and they'll be here for such and such time and it's just kind of like another backup of safety which I never heard of I didn't even know you could do something like that I mean I knew that there were U.S. embassies in other countries I knew that that was a thing that existed um, mainly because of what was that movie on the Disney channel where the chick went to she was like from South Africa and her daddy worked for the U.S. embassy I'm gonna think about it later but anyways that's the first time I heard about it (laughs) as a kid was in this Disney movie so I knew that that was a thing but I didn't know that you could like contact them and let them know hey I'm in this country for such and such time like watch my bag make sure I get home kind of thing so I thought that that was a really cool thing to do and I think listeners if you're paying attention look that up kind of research it if you're going to number one be traveling solo or if you are just going to a country you've never been before ever that might be something to like just keep in your back pocket so I thought that was a really great tip there are things like travel groups I know that there are a few of them I've seen on Instagram, but essentially it's just a bunch of people that have similar interests in travel and they have like group trips and you can 
go part of this group to other countries and visit all these things. They have activities and things like that for you. So even if you're going to go by yourself, but you're like by yourself in a group, does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Okay. That does make sense. Okay. So I thought that that was a great tip. Things like pinning your essential spots. So if you do research, like Nakai, I'm sure that you've done research when you go to places, maybe places you want to eat or things you want to do because you're big on doing activities and stuff like that, right? So you like you can pin specific places on your map where you want to go. I think that helps with a lot of navigating because you could be in a place that doesn't have internet or something like that maybe. But I thought that that was a great trip. Always check with someone, you know, check in with someone back home. Nakai is really notorious for sending us random flight details. So that's one way to keep yourself safe so that other people know where you are and you potentially have a means of someone being able to get to you or have access to you. You know what I'm saying? So there's a bunch of different tips. We have articles and links for all this kind of stuff that we'll put in the blog, obviously. So you guys can check them out. But as you've been traveling, what safety tips have you gotten or that you actually do yourself when you travel? If I'm solo traveling, I definitely make sure that someone knows where I am. So I do have, I call it like my own check-in buddy of like, hey, I'm going out of town, making sure like you hear from me at least morning and night of like, hey, I'm up, blah, blah, blah. Or in the evening, um, hey, I'm going to bed. That way every day there's a check-in process. And if somebody doesn't hear from me, then it's like a, hey, red flag. I definitely am aware of my surroundings. So I never really, especially if I'm traveling solo, I'm very rarely on my phone. Like I will ensure that I have a book or like a crossword puzzle to do, but very rarely on my phone because that is a huge distraction. But also depending on where you're traveling, some people assume that since you have a phone, you have a lot more money depending on which countries you're in. So that's automatically a red flag of like, oh, she's a target or he's a target. Um, I never, when I travel specifically solo, I never really travel, quote unquote, look like I'm alone because I'm always either walking by somebody or like engaging in conversation. And if I'm post, if I'm in my emo state, right now, I want to be bothered. I always look like I'm going somewhere or like I'm on a mission or like my head's up and I'm making eye contact with everyone because if I can make eye contact with you, it's just, I don't know where I think a policeman told me, if you can make eye contact with anyone, you're less likely to be a um, victim because now I know what you look like. So that if I am traveling with groups, it's a lot easier because you have more eyes, you have more people looking around. So specifically, I know I went um, on a group trip and somebody needed to use an ATM. And so what we did was allow that person to use the ATM as we all covered her and like our backs was to her. So we were watching everything else. And then just really making sure like you have, for me, I have copies of all my documents. Um, So like I have a, my actual physical documents, I have a copy of my documents and I have a picture of my documents. So one in my phone, one in my, um, and this is if I'm traveling international, y'all. Um, If I have a physical document and then I have, when I travel, I have a portable safe that's small enough to actually um, travel with me. So I actually put everything in there where it's locked, it's safe. And even if you try to steal it, you can't, you ain't getting nothing in there. So um, I do do that. And then I also, for safety reasons, depending on which country you're in, I have what's called like a travel purse thing. I don't really know what it's called.
but it's like stuck in, not stuck in, but I put it inside my pants or whatever, put my pants over it. So if I need anything, it's already like everything's on my person, right? So I think that's all I can think of of when I do travel of like safety tips. Yeah, I like having like a, it's it's almost, it's it's kind of crossbody style where like you have, you know, something on your person that you can put your like passport and your ID and maybe some money and things like that. But it's not as obvious. Like if it's under your clothing, just like you said, um, I know that those are things that exist. And I I like to carry one of those as well when I travel. I think those are really great tips. Listeners, I hope you're writing these down because we want you guys to travel. We want you guys to explore and have fun. And, and whether that's just in the backyard of the USA or if you are traveling internationally or even going to the neighboring countries like Canada or Mexico, you know, being safe is always priority. You can't have fun, you know, dead in a ditch somewhere. Let's be real. Okay. So be safe out there. But yeah, I thought that there were a lot of really great tips on this list. Those were really great tips that you gave. One of the things that I like to do is I definitely have a contact person or persons, people back home where they know where we're going. One of those people refuses to not let me have them as a person. That's my mom. She wants to know what hotel you're staying at. What is your room number? What is the phone number? Like all of the things she did that when uh, we recently went to Vegas, like what's your floor? What's your room number? What's all the things and all that kind of stuff. So if I need to get to you, I know where to go. And it's great having those people, you know, that care about you and your safety. So you want to make sure that you have kind of like that backup of people, not necessarily because they're all in your business, but it, that's a, it's a safety concern, right? And her being my mother, it's, she's my mother. So that'll never change regardless of how old I get. Fortunately, unfortunately. I also found some really, well, I found a really cool list of like safest places to travel. Have you seen lists like that before? I have. So I found some of these really interesting. There are places like Thailand is considered one of the safest places to travel. Canada. Um, I've been to Canada. I've been to Toronto. I love Toronto. Toronto is a lot of fun. Senegal, which is a place that I want to travel in Africa for sure. Belgium and Iceland. Nikai, you haven't been to Iceland, have you? Okay. So Iceland, surprisingly, is actually a really popular destination for a lot of people. But I know there's a lot of Black people like to go <laughs> to Iceland, particularly for the Blue Lagoon. Have you seen those pictures? Like, do you know what, you know what I'm talking about? I haven't. I haven't seen those pictures. No. So apparently they have like, a, it's a, I don't know if it's a lake, a pond or something, but there's a resort that you can stay in in Iceland where there's access from your room into this, like, it looks like a giant pool, like an obscenely giant pool, but it's like this milky blue kind of color. And I think it's hot. I think it's like a hot spring maybe or something is warm. The pictures are gorgeous, mind you. They are absolutely gorgeous, but it's like a really popular thing. If you look up like Blue Lagoon in Iceland, you'll see tons of photos and videos and things like that as a like a destination to go visit I can't remember what city and lord knows I probably couldn't pronounce it but look it up guys it's really pretty and it's supposedly a lot of fun I know a lot of people like to go but I've actually heard aside from looking at this like safest places to travel list that Iceland has like been on it and it's a really really lovely place to visit to me I just I just see coldness and ice and frozenness even though Iceland is 
not made of ice. It's actually made of grass. Like Greenland and Iceland are switched. I think that was a safety thing. Speaking of safety for the Vikings. Anyways, that's a whole thing. But yeah, that's come up on the list several times, which I thought was interesting. So of all the places that you've been to, where did you feel as your person, as yourself, where did you feel like the safest or most welcome? The top two places I would say is UAE and Italy. And I say UAE because, I mean, their skin matches my skin color. (laughs) So we look alike. The only thing is that, you know, they knew I wasn't Muslim because I didn't have all the um, attire. But I would say that was probably the safest and the cleanest. Like, like it's it's just beautiful. It's luxury, if I can say that. Um, and then the second place I said is Italy because at first when I got there, I, I didn't understand why they kept staring at me. And I'm like, y'all have never seen a black person. Like, what's wrong with y'all? But luckily, we went to one of the um local restaurants, and he, the owner, came out and like treated us like royalty. They were like, here you go, oh my gosh! And like he sat down with us, and he was telling us just about how like our culture like being a black person in Italy we're looked at differently but like not like oh my gosh like racism more so as an admiration like oh my gosh y'all are beautiful people and even thinking about like how so many Africans or like refugees and things like that go through Italy and like he was just telling me like the history of it and so I felt I can only speak for myself because <laughs> I know everybody have different experiences but for me and um, the people I went with at the time we felt really safe like we were walking around drinking wine pizza like extremely safe I never felt like oh my gosh somebody's gonna rob me because or oh my gosh because I'm black they're giving me the worst treatment right I haven't been to either though either of those places but they're both on you know my very long list of places to visit and I've heard kind of similar things that um especially in the UAE where it's just different over there you know what I mean and I'm really looking forward to being able to go and visit and kind of experience this culture for me one of the places I felt the most like welcome I remember when I went to Jamaica and being in a country that the majority of the people that live there and that occupy that island look like I do and it was like long lost siblings almost like we went on a cruise it was one of the stops on a cruise so I didn't spend a whole lot of time there but I have been multiple times and it's always been very welcoming at least in my experience and there's so much shared history or experience experience just being black in general regardless of the country that you're in and that was really nice to have that kind of camaraderie and not feel like not stick out like a sore thumb you know what I mean not be the minority for change that was kind of wild to me and it definitely felt like welcoming to be among a different level of your people if that makes sense so for me that was one of the places that probably the the most welcome that I felt and not having to like watch my back every where I mean you do when you travel you definitely have to be aware of your surroundings like that's just right like a thing that you need to be doing when you travel but I didn't feel that anxiety as much as when I go to places where there are a lot less black people um yeah I think of like something as simple as um staying in San Diego right there's not a lot of us out there but it is but it's not um but then coming to like I just went to an event in Houston and so while I was in Houston I was like I'm from I'm from originally from Texas so I been around black people but it was such a culture shock to go to this event and the whole entire restaurant was nothing but melanated people and I was just like this is so freaking beautiful like I'm going into a restaurant and everywhere I look people look 
like me. And that was, even though it's not an international place, but I love it. And then I even think of like, even going to gas stations or going to the store, people look like me versus like in San Diego, I can walk anywhere into there. And it's like, hmm, all eyes are on me for a different reason, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's because we as Black people, we have, we have our own language, right? It's, it's body language. It's the nonverbal communication. It's the tone. It's the, you know, the, I mean, AAVE, like we literally have our own language and how we communicate with one another. And even though it may be slightly different, depending on maybe what area of the culture or area of the country that you're in or what different country you may visit, it's still very much similar. And it feels as though we can communicate within ourselves, regardless of where we are. And that's a good feeling because as Black Americans, there's not very many places where that's the norm. You know what I mean? And I think that brings a level of, like I said, welcomeness, a level of safety when you are like among people that understand you and that you can then understand and you have like a shared, you know, what's the word? You have a shared something. You have a shared experience Language or culture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You get it. So yeah, those are definitely some of the things um, that we've experienced. I also pulled up a list. So I actually had two lists. I had a list of like some of the safest places to visit, which again, similar to our bucket list episode where we had the, you know, some of the top countries that were a little Anglo inspired. This was kind of a similar thing. I found a list and it seemed to be a little Anglo inspired, but then I found a list of like the safest places for Black people to travel. So some of the countries that are on this list, Iceland has shown up on this list again, Portugal, which we've talked about before, Thailand, of course, Uh, Singapore. I've never been to Singapore, but after watching Crazy Rich Asians, I think I want to (laughs) go. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but Singapore looks pretty lit. I didn't put that on the list. Senegal, like we mentioned, France is on here also, which I thought was interesting because I've heard something different in the sense of safety and Black people and everybody's experience is going to be different. Okay. So like, let's just say that in and of itself, everybody's experience is going to be different and your experience in Italy, Italy may not be someone else's experience in Italy. And I think that just goes across the board around the world. Right. But some of these were kind of surprising. Vietnam is on here. And Vietnam is is on my list for a few reasons. It's very inexpensive. And her the food is really good. Actually, I've had some Vietnamese food and it is really good. But just the culture in general is really interesting. And I've watched a lot of travel videos for Vietnam and it's been kind of placed relatively high on my list of places to visit. Malaysia is on here. Belgium, Greece is a favorite of mine. Like there's so many on this list. Do you see any on here that you have been to and you agree with? And do you have, do you see any on the list that you would like? like to visit to see if you maybe feel the same way as far as safety in that country. Greece is on the list, which I felt safe in Greece. I didn't feel any tension or um, racism in Greece. However, that is my experience. The ones that I would want to go to is definitely Japan. Every person that I have spoke to that has either lived in Japan, um, was stationed in Japan, or just went to go visit Japan, say they absolutely 
absolutely love it. And they felt safe. And also similar to Italy, as a black person over there, people are going to be staring at you, but it's not staring at you like, oh my gosh, there's a black person. It's more of like, oh my gosh, like one of my friends went and she does not look like Beyonce to me, but she had blonde hair at the time. So they automatically thought like, oh my gosh, it's Beyonce, it's Beyonce. So it really is something like, oh, all black people are like over there. But (laughs) it's, I would say Japan, I would love to go to definitely, definitely, definitely Malaysia and Brazil. Those are two places I am trying to get to. Definitely uh, Brazil because I want to go to uh, Carnival. So that is my list. That would be insane to even just witness Carnival like in person. That would be really cool to do. Like absolutely insane. So you brought this up when you were talking about Japan and I've seen this on some of the Instagram pages that I follow that are like Black people traveling and things like that where they go to these different countries. A lot of them are in Asia. Some of them are in Europe and there's just a bunch of people staring at them. People want to take pictures with them and things like that and I always see like a mixture of feelings like within the comment section where they're like yes you like living your superstar dreams and your celebrity dreams and like soak it all up and things like that and then the other flip side of the coin or the other side of the coin is that's invasive and like they're not like a cage animal in a zoo and it's made to be a spectacle and I and granted I've never to my knowledge at least knowingly at least I wasn't aware if it happened have had that feeling where I've been like so center of attention like that with people that don't look like I do and I feel like that would be very uncomfortable for me like I feel like that would I feel like that would make me feel unsafe like I'm not in a zoo this isn't some sort of circus act I'm not performing for you I'm literally just waiting for the train or waiting for you know my meal to come or something like that I feel like that would feel really uncomfortable and really unsafe and I wonder what in that moment what I would do in those situations and you've never had like that type of experience I mean you said you felt really welcome in Italy was was it kind of that like admiring towards you guys when you guys went is that kind of what you guys felt um initially my initial thought was the racism because I grew up in Texas we grew up in the south bible belt where racism is real and so my experiences just don't leave because I'm just going internationally they come with me and so my thought when I first got there is like well why is everyone staring at me why like oh my gosh these people are racist you know because our brains tend to go negative before positive um luckily my ex at the time was able to say like it's not racism they just stare and I was like well that's rude to stare like what if I stared at them back and so I literally just start staring at people back like if you're staring at me I'm staring at you um (laughs) so it wasn't until like again like I said we had a sit down at a dinner with the owner who actually communicated to me like the history of Italy and what that looks like and then um another example would be just really understanding that how the powers that be have created this false narrative of black Americans and Mm -hmm. so when people see not just black people they know we're black Americans they have a false narrative and vice versa like when I see them depending on which country I'm in I have a false narrative of them which it's up to you to choose do you believe this false narrative or do you create your own experience with them and with that um have I had the experience where everybody has just been taking pictures of me and like hey oh my gosh you're a black person no for two reasons one I won't allow it because one as I am 
am a private person. My life is private. Um, that's going to be a no for me. And then two, my brain goes to, if you take a picture of me without my consent, now we're looking at legal, right? Three, I think I am... I communicate kindly and clearly in those type of situations of like, thank you for this, but I don't feel comfortable with you taking my picture. So I don't think that, but I could see on the opposite side of how that would be annoying. But also when you really think about it for those people who have experienced that, this sounds bad, but being, let's be honest, I'm glad you did because now you know what it feels like to be a celebrity in America where you want a picture of the celebrity and they're eating with their family. Like you want this picture of the celebrity and they literally just trying to go to the store if it's a female. I just go to the store and buy some pads. Like, let me right. let me be normal, you know, versus we seem to idolize, not idolize, we, unfortunately, most people generally can't separate those two experiences, mm-hmm. right? If they're experienced it, they're like, oh, well, this happened to me and da, 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 and that wasn't right. But then you do the same thing to a celebrity or you do the same thing to someone you admire. Like, make it make sense because it ain't mad yeah. thing to me. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I think it's really important to, in, in the research that you do for the locations that you want to visit, right? Again, stateside or international to understand that there is in there, like danger exists everywhere, right? Danger exists everywhere, regardless of where you go. A lot more of it, hell, let's be real, is in our own backyard than it is other places. Let's call that what it is. So take the precautions, like be safe as you travel, protect yourself, let people know, you know, back home where you are, where you're going. So they have access to you if need be. But in Enjoy that space wherever you are for what it is and make that experience. You've spent the time, you've spent the money to be there. Make it what it, what you want it to be. Be safe in doing so, but like make that experience your own and enjoy it, right? So like as we talk about protecting ourselves while we travel abroad and some of the maybe quote unquote safest places for Black people to travel, let's not ignore the fact that at least for a lot of Black women, most Black women, when we travel, we also have to protect our hair right how many times have we gone somewhere and we get our hair braided or we get a sew-in or some sort of protective style for protecting our hair for all the shenanigans that we're about to get into okay so what I love about protective styles is the ease and the very minimal time spending spent getting ready by doing my hair right so when you travel like how do you protect your hair when you go places it really depends on where I'm going because I am natural. So um, I'll be quick to wash my hair wherever I am and just put it in a fro or twist it out. Um, So it depends on where I'm going and how long I'll be gone. So if I'm going to, or I'll use the example, when I went to uh, UAE, I was there for a longer time. So I had my hair braided that way because I knew like, okay, we're going to be going in and out. We'll be going to different places. That's just something I didn't want to deal with. And it also depends on my accommodations because if I'm in a hotel versus an Airbnb versus a friend's house all those kind of help decide what I'm going to do with my hair if that makes sense so like for instance Mm -hmm. y'all if I'm in an Airbnb or a friend friend's house yeah you can do it in a hotel too but I feel more comfortable with washing my hair and having that time to style it and do all that versus a hotel room so but I guess 
to answer the question of like how I protect my hair while I'm traveling, it's either in a poof. I do wear scarves a lot and um, I wrap my hair. So that's one way I protect it. Definitely depending on the situation, some type of protective style, whether that's like Senegalese twist or um, passion twist, some type of twist, especially if I'm getting in water, then definitely I want a um, braided style. Yeah, same. I Anytime I'm traveling and I know that I'm going to be gone like a week or so. And if I'm doing like water activities or if we're doing some other sort of maybe physically challenging hiking or something like that activities, we're going to be sweating and things like that. Like I don't want to have to deal with my hair because I'm natural as well. I don't have to deal with all that. And my hair is thick and long and it takes a lot of time and energy to do it. Even if it is just going to go up in a poof, I'd rather not. So my go-to protective styles are getting my, I used to get my hair braided a lot like the like the box braids but I hate taking them down (laughs) I'm gonna be real I hate taking them down uh once I got on the Senegalese twist train and them two strand twists unravel quickness I that's where I've been living my best life is is in the twist world so those passion twists are just the easiest things to do and I've actually they're also expensive if you pay somebody to do it so I've been learning how to do them on my own thanks to YouTube University so if I know that we're going to go somewhere for the weekend or we're going to go somewhere for a week or something I'll spend the few hours that it takes to twist my hair so even if it's not like the best most professional job because let's be real it's not at least I don't have to do my hair for however long that is I bring my oil so I can oil my scalp and make sure that my scalp is healthy but it's nice to be able to do that because the little sections in my hair kind of help my scalp breathe a little bit and it's easier to get to than it is when I have my thick coily puffy hair that just is just harder to maneuver through and it's kind of a pain in the butt it's just easier to grease my scalp and oil my scalp when my hair is braided or twisted up right so those are some of the protective styles that we like to use like twists getting you know your hair corn rolled a lot of women like to do a good old wig because they're not touching their hair at all it's all braided under the cap and they get to live their fun free life with the wig on and it's not gonna go anywhere if it's applied correctly um so that's a protective style that women like to use there's so many i wish i had a better skill set of how to do those protective styles with my natural hair you know what i mean like i can't twist to the scalp my my i'm not coordinated my fingers are weird I get cramped up a carpal tunnel and it's just not a thing that happens so props to any and everybody who can do that like Nay's really good at the twisting so I think she does she twists her hair she twists her little's hair too she's really good at that I my I'm not there yet I'm trying y'all I'm just not there yet it's just it's a lot do you have any like favorite products that you use when you go particularly if they're black owned tell the people my products are probably more natural than most people um the only product that I the only two products that I use that are black own is the Camille Rose line and with that line that one and Courtney Adelaide's line ah, I forgot her line's name but it's Courtney Courtney Adelaide but those are the two ones that I will probably travel with um to be very specific if I have my hair in like protective styles I'll bring the dang it what is the line name I can't even think the Camille Rose oil where I'll just oil my scalp um but if my hair is in my if my hair is not in a quote-unquote protective style but it may be in like my twist or 
or I do flat twists or my puff. I have I love her honey line. So I'll definitely bring that with me. Um, granted, you have to make sure it's travel appropriate, right? So um, I'll bring that. And those are the two main lines that I use that are specifically black owned. Can we talk about that for a second? Because there are some parts of travel that are anti-black. Okay. Number mm-hmm. one, traveling with three ounces or less, if you're just doing a carry-on situation, how much of your hair are you going to be able to wash with only three ounces? Let's be real. Not even wash. Condition to be specific, because we need a lot of product. I've also noticed that in hotels, if they're if they're renovated rooms and they have like the shower and they have the um, rain shower head, that looks nice, super beautiful, nice little vibe. However, comma, black women don't get their hair wet when they shower on a regular basis unless we're shampooing it, and a lot of them don't have the alternative for like the body spray like the wand thing on the side of the the thing it's just overhead so why don't we have options like do y'all not know how black people shower no they don't and they don't care that's just me venting and ranting about it but there's definitely a lot of parts of travel that don't really support our lifestyles and how we live and things of that nature um i did find a really great list of some black owned hair care products we'll put that link in the blog for you guys to share one of the lines that I like is organic go organic grow hair co they're on Instagram it's like a whole like line you can buy a whole pack from their cleansing wash to like the hair oils and everything in between it's a really great line for natural hair and they have those packages per your porosity level as opposed to your like your hair texture so I've really enjoyed using them my hair has actually grown quite a bit which is great so we'll put them in the link below as well but um but yeah we just have so many different products and we'll put those in there because we want you guys to share that i do want to share a quick vacation hair story i don't know if you have one please let me know but i want a quick vacation hair story so again like i mentioned i've been like dabbling and twisting my hair myself (laughs) in these protective styles and there was a trip to mexico that i took with my best friend for her birthday one year and we were like you know fiddling around in the ocean on the beach and she points behind me and she's like is that your hair (laughs) and i turned and one of my twists has slipped out (laughs) Actually, a couple of them had slipped out. It is just floating in the ocean with all these other people, all of these non-melanated people, mind you, are in the ocean. And I had to grab it real quick before A, a fish choked on it and B, somebody saw it and like stuffed it into my bathing suit. And then once we got back to the room, I had to find where it slipped out and then put it back in. It put it back in before anybody noticed. But that's happened to me, unfortunately, on more than one occasion because one of my braids fell out during an excursion on a cruise one time when we were like making salsa or something. And I happened to see it on the floor in the corner. And I'm like only black woman there with braids. And I was like, obviously this one belongs to me. So I had to put it in my bag real quick. Well, you guys, thank y'all for joining this portion of our episode. I hope you learned something with these helpful safety tips to keep yourself safe while you travel to keep your hair protected and moisturized while you travel. But really the moral of the story and the moral of this whole episode is to have your adventures, make your trips as memorable and as amazing as you can be and be safe and like have fun, okay? Enjoy those times, allow that to, you know, help you explore your self-worth, your self-love and your self-belief. And with that, we have a word from our sponsors. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, 
and shame from being cheated on, learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a DM at Brianna underscore Latrice. See you on the call. So you guys, now we are, like I said, like I always say, at one of our favorite parts of our episode, Moments of Melanation. Moments, Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting... Mama Sue or Sue Harris. She has the Avalon Village, which is a sustainable eco village being built in Highland Park inside of the city of Detroit, which is so freaking awesome because Mama Sue or Sue Harris is a mother, a community activist, and a former school administrator. And she is the founder of Avalon Village, right? But the cool thing is, is she's her, um, her dream of building this urban oasis was manifested after this is the sad part, the tragic loss of her son, Jacoby Roth, who was killed in a hit and run in 2007. And this is a sadder, sadder part is he was only a baby. He was only two. And so that breaks my heart. But through through this tragedy, she was able to create what's called a homework house, which is a huge, big renovated brick house where children will receive healthy meals and help with their homework. The house will also feature a computer lab and STEM lab, a kitchen, laundry and shower facilities, a recording studio, a comfortable place for the students to really learn, engage, but also get this feel safe. Outside, they are creating a tennis court, volleyball, and basketball court with seating. And I love this because this mama could have used this tragedy and stopped, right? Because when you lose a kid, that's like one of the most, I don't even know the word for it, like the sm- one of the most speechless or hard, I don't even know the word, debilitating experiences you could have. But she t- used all of that and created something and for the memory of her son that's going to live on and on and on and on. And I love that because she not only created a legacy for herself, but she created a legacy for her son, which now she's protecting other kids and she's creating a safe space for these other kids to come in and learn and um, feel at least somewhat comfort when they're in her area or at the Avalon house. What are your thoughts, girl? I love this. That Not necessarily that this has come out of such tragedy, but the fact that she's taking something, like you said, that's so debilitating um, and devastating and has allowed this opportunity to give her the opportunity to like to love on other kids and provide them with a safe space to do homework. And I mean, this is in Detroit. OK, Detroit is rough, uh, like for real. So these kids have a space to come and like do math homework and they have the opportunity to like dabble and experience like in STEM, like you said, and all 
all of these different areas that they may not necessarily have access to at their school or in their home. And it's a fun place for kids to be kids, for them to learn and to grow and the things like that. I know I, I worked in the funeral industry for a really long time and we saw a lot of services that were for youth. And it's so incredibly heartbreaking to see these parents have to bury their child. Like that's not how life is supposed to work. And we don't get to see what happens after the service, right? We were just there to help them with that service and that's it. But she's been able to take that tragedy and transform all the love that she was going to give to her son to give to a community of sons and daughters and love on them by providing this safe space for them. And I think it's wonderful. I pray to God that she has so much success in reaching so many children and being able to provide so many opportunities for children to, to be kids and to learn and to explore the greatness within themselves and things like that. So God bless her. God bless the Avalon Village and the Homework House that I think it just recently opened. Like you said, there's so much to do there. I hope these kids enjoy it and I hope they really get something out of it. So I love this. And I also hope that the community supports it because that's a whole entire thing that I don't think people really see that side. They see like, yay, we have something for us, but it takes money to run these places. It takes money and the support to keep this place up and running and safe. So I really hope the city of Detroit really backs her and those grants keep coming in, the money keeps coming in and everything. So with that, thank you for sharing with um, me and your thoughts with that. We, y'all know every single episode, we have a affirmation and today's affirmation is being myself involves no risk. I am a magical black woman who continues to defeat every challenge against me. I travel, I read, I play. I enjoy this life the creator has given me with all the joys and the pain. I carry my blackness with pride while I produce everything I desire. What are your thoughts? And that was by me, y'all. Is this yours? Y'all, can I just give my friend her props right now? This is probably my favorite affirmation that I think we've read on our show so far. It, it really does encompass, for me, it encompasses so much in everything that you, you try to be each and every day. Props to Nakai because I hope you guys really hear it. We're going to post it on the IG so you can read it, save it, put it in your wallet or your purse to save it as a wallpaper, whatever you got to do because this is the one, this is one for the books for sure. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, on that high note, we are going to say thank you to every single one of our listeners, um, followers. We are appreciative of you. We are grateful for you. And with that, we say like we end every single episode, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, go to read the blog at where'smyblueprintpod.com and you all need those links. So go to where'smyblueprintpod.com to get those links. They will be in the blog. Um, and with that, we are over and out. Peace out.